Hi, I'm Pastor Jennifer Hodson. I'm from Bryan Community Church in Bryan, Texas. And it is an honor and joy to come to you each week with a recap of my Sunday sermons. Um, you can visit us online at bryancommunitychurch.org or we're also on Instagram and Facebook. I would love to hear from you. If you are joining us from someplace across this country, far from from here, I would love to, to learn about that, just to know that uh, our ministry and mission to love God, love people, and share hope with the world is working. Um, it was Palm Sunday. It's hard to believe that we're in the midst of Holy Week. We will be um, celebrating Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday this week, and this coming Sunday is going to be Easter. And so, of course, for Palm Sunday, uh, I gave the message, um, from John in which Jesus enters Jerusalem. And uh, of course we had incredible uh, celebration as children uh, wave palm leaves throughout um, our worship space. But before I dig into the passage, I just wanna uh, share with you kind of a, a little funny, and it used to be for us while we were in college, perhaps a, a coping mechanism. But I had a friend in college who would say, he'd say, shoot low and you'll never disappoint yourself shoot low and never disappoint yourself. I kind of chuckled at this quote because really it's it's just a, a terrible quote to live by because we're always wanting to set goals and reach them and uh, set high expectations for ourselves, at least expectations that we can meet. Um, and, and I just Google expectations, the definition of it, a strong belief system that something will happen or be the case for the future. Um, I think having high expectations, uh, it can be an incredible thing, uh, especially um, if you set yourself a goal and you work towards that goal to reach it. Uh, I think that can be beneficial. Um, now, of course, there's the, the downside of expectations. If you set those expectations too high for yourself, if they're unattainable, uh, well, then you're just setting yourself up for failure. Um, you know. As a, as a wife, um, I think it's certainly important that I set the expectation for myself that I am kind and I'm loving and forgiving and full of grace towards my husband, that I will work uh, fearlessly uh, to support him and to stand by his side no matter what. I think that's a fair expectation. I think the, the same should be uh, said for, for him to me and uh, for anyone in a committed relationship. Um, however, the expectations get us in trouble because also, um, I will say this, that um, any kind of couples counselor, whether it's a pastor or, or someone else, uh, they will also, you know, be, um, you know, like share words of caution uh, when you're in a, a new relationship, if you're engaged, if you're newly married, um, that you have to be careful not to set uh, too high of expectations for yourself. Um, or for the other person, because what could happen is if you place expectations on the other person, but you never communicate what those are, um, it can get you in trouble. For an example, um, you know, perhaps you come into a relationship or a marriage expecting that the other person is going to pay the bills or that you're going to be a stay-at-home mom and let the husband work, or you're going to be a stay-at-home dad and you're going to let the wife work, um, you get yourself in trouble when um, the reality hits that you're not going to stay at home. Uh, and I, I joked about this with Ryan this past Sunday. I said, now that we're married, I don't have to work, right? Um, of course, I was joking. 
Same thing with, with money if you don't communicate with one another. So you, so before placing expectations on other people, uh, you certainly want to have that conversation with them because the let, get, let down, of course, could, could be um, pretty, pretty strong. Um, and so we wouldn't want that to happen in any relationship that, that you are in with a, a parent, a sibling, a, a friend, a colleague. But before we read scripture, um, I would like you to think about expectations as I read this passage and as we unpack it a, a little more. And I want you to think about the expectations that perhaps uh, the people or the crowds that you hear about may have placed on Jesus. And so if you would, if you have your Bibles, follow along with me. We're in John chapter 12, verses 12 through 19. And I'm just going to read that to you here quickly. So from John chapter 12, starting at verse 12. The next day, the great crowd that had come from the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a donkey and sat on it, as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's coat. Colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that things had been written about him, that things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. And many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. All right, so let's... Let's talk just a little bit about Jesus for a minute. This is what we know about him. We know that Jesus attracted people. He attracted a lot of people. He had been uh, attracting people for the last three years in his ministry. Uh, people came to listen to him and his teachings. Uh, they came to experience his healing. Uh, others came to be fed both physically and spiritually. If you remember Jesus feeding the 5,000 and then still others came for the miracles. So Jesus, Jesus got people's attention and people were watching. And just recently before this, this passage, Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. So you know that people were saying, did you, did you see what he did? Did you hear what he did? Can you believe? So people were excited about him. Others were not so excited about him. Clearly, uh, he had naysayers. Don't we all have naysayers at, at some point in our life? Um, but yet, the people the people were getting excited at this point. They come in as he comes into Jerusalem, and they take palm fronds, and they, they wave, and uh, they remember the passages um, from the prophets, you know, that Jesus would be riding in on a, a donkey, on the, the colt. So this is Jesus. And they were familiar with the prophet's words and, and they were excited and they were hoping and they were yearning for a Messiah that they expected a, a king to come in, to come and uh, revitalize Israel, to overthrow the, the Roman government and, and make Jesus or this new Messiah king over Israel, uh, that, um, that Israel, uh, you know, would come back in its heyday. They remembered the time in which King David reigned over Jerusalem, and this is what they expected of Jesus, that he would be this war hero. Expectations. 
The only thing is, that's not what they got. It's not what they got. Instead of a man riding into Jerusalem, as the Romans would have done on a war horse, they got a king who came in on a donkey. A war horse that would represent power, might. The crowds expected a government takeover, a political upheaval defeated war. Jesus brought peace and humility. He didn't fight. So fast forward to his arrest and his trial and his crucifixion. The expectations of the people, they got it wrong. That's hard. It might that you're wrong. So expectations. What happens when they're not met? Well, let's take a look at the crowds who place these expectations on Jesus. For some of them, it turned into anger. They revolted. They started shouting, crucify him. For others, it turned into not to denial. Peter denied knowing Jesus, being a follower of Jesus. For others, they just went and hid. They walked away. The disciples, they were afraid. So they weren't there. Probably Jesus needed them the most. And what about us? Now, I wouldn't expect anyone viewing this would have expectations or place expectations on others or God um, only to get it wrong. But I would. Sometimes I do. I admit that. And if there are others who will admit it with me, you know, we never expect our lives to go a particular way only to see that plans have changed, that God would take us in another direction. We never expect to be in one place only for God to send us to another. And I bet we never think that we are to minister to one particular group of people only for God to say, I want you to minister here instead. And here's the really hard stuff. Just after the passage I read to you, there's one other verse I want to read. It comes from verse 25. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. Well, anyone who hates his life will keep it for eternal life. You see, sometimes I think that we have expectations about our life and the way it should go only for us to realize that we need to set those expectations down and say, Lord, which direction do you want me to go? And we have to lay that down. When we choose to follow Jesus, there's nothing comfortable about it, right? He's constantly changing the status quo. 
He kept all the crowds and all the disciples on their toes continuously. And brothers and sisters, I would like to say that he is doing that right now. And he's continuing to do it each and every day. And we just have to be aware and open and willing to lay down our own life and our own expectations. You see, in the final week of Jesus' ministry, these are some of the highlights that he taught. He didn't hide, he didn't retreat knowing that his death was coming. Instead, he grasped a hold of the time that he had and he shared these truths. He talked about the kingdom of God and how it was the least expected people to be at the table. And he talked about being generous. As a woman who had very little, continued to give and give lavishly out of her little. He got angry at the injustices, the mockery that the people made of the synagogue. He over, overturned those tables. He said, stop. You are exploiting the people who are coming through these doors. This is a house to worship. Not to take advantage of. Not to line your pockets. And then he washed people's feet. He made himself a servant. And he gave us the example of what it means to follow Christ. And guess what? Sometimes our expectations of life what the world tells us should bring us happiness and should bring us joy and should bring us satisfaction. Jesus just dumps all of that out. And he said, yeah, follow me. If you love your life, then you will lose it to gain eternal life. Expectation. See, the world tells us that we should be proud. We should yearn for power and fame and titles so that people recognize who we are. It promotes hate and isolation and beauty. Simply selfishness, if you will. And if we're not careful, and if we're not careful, we can get caught up in it. Even followers of Christians excuse me, even followers of Jesus. So this is the big question. Do our expectations of life, do our expectations of others, are they God's expectations of us? And are they God's expectations of others? You know, as a, a new church plant pastor, this is something that I am, I am wrestling with each and every day. Because it, this whole starting a new church thing, and that's hard. It's not a cushy job. I don't even have a church building. There's nothing permanent about it. The only thing I can rely on is God to show me. So I have to humble myself each and every day. And I have to say to myself each and every Sunday when we worship, because worship looks a little different. We've got some contemporary music and we've got some traditional music. And some people really like traditional and some people really like contemporary and some people really have opinions about one or the other. But at the end of the day, it's not about my expectations and it's not about others' expectations. It's about God's. 
And so the way I look at it, as long as we are worshiping God, whether we have a, a piano or if we have a guitar, that doesn't matter. We can worship God with our voices. We can worship God with our praise. We can stomp our feet and clap our hands and we can sing hallelujah without an instrument. What are God's expectations for us as a new church plant? What are God's expectations of the ministries that we host or where we go or who we reach? God, what are your expectations? And I'm just speaking from the heart as a pastor. And what about in our faith? Who are we called to reach? It has nothing to do whether you're a pastor or not a pastor. But all of us, we have this good news to share. And the good thing about crowds is that the crowds, they talked a lot. And they talked a lot about Jesus. And he says that we are to, to talk about our faith, to go therefore into all the world and teach others what he has taught us. To baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Are we talking about our faith? Because that's God's expectations on us. So are we following through and do we expect that of ourselves and those around us? I hope so. And at home, I've talked about family. I talked about spouses. I talked about um, siblings. Are we taking care of them? And are we loving them as God has loved us? What are our expectations in our roles as moms, as dads, as brothers, as sisters, as siblings? as husbands, as wives. It was in our government system. And that's a conversation for another day. Or within our financials. Or our retirement plans. I, I don't know. These are tough ones. I can't answer right here. But it's something worth thinking about. Wrestling with. You see, because this is what I can conclude that when our expectations are in line with God's it always leads to life because what the crowds didn't understand is that Jesus wouldn't be just an ordinary king but he would be the king of kings and he would lay down his life for the biggest of sin smallest of sin and he would take it away for every person in that crowd even the one who yelled crucify him even those who turned their back on him he'd still love him because his expectations were based on God's and his plans were based on his heavenly father to bring eternal life to the world and brothers and sisters, that is where we need to place our hope and our trust. And that is how we need to lead our life. Having the expectations of Jesus. Having the expectations of our Heavenly Father. Because then we find true life and happiness. True contentment and joy. And the peace that surpasses all understanding. Brothers and sisters, thank you for joining me. Thank you for being a part of this journey of Bryan Community Church. I ask for your prayers, and I'd love to hear from you. Until we do this again, God bless.